Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the midweek edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, glad to have you with us on board today. What a great show we've got. We're about to bring to Michael Harris, now of the Indianapolis Colts, on the show with us. Liberty play-by-play voice Nick Pierce, a little later in the show, Kelly Center as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good friends, and uh, always happy uh, to have them on board. You can enjoy their delicious food uh, seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg or in a community near you. Next time you choose barbecue, be choose uh, be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. Our first guest was just a great football player for the Golden Eagles, played two years here after coming from Hines uh, Junior College, uh, was a great wide receiver, then turned to a running back uh, his senior year because of injuries on the team now playing wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts in the big league, the Michael Harris on the Eagle Hour. And, Michael, we are really glad to have you. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, what a story. To, what a great story. Uh, you know, you come here, you you come as a wide receiver, you end up playing some running back, uh, you go into the league as an undrafted free agent. Now you're making your mark with the Indianapolis Colts. Had a great day uh, Sunday against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Just kind of tell our listeners what the journey's been like, Michael. Um, you know, it's definitely been a persevering journey. Um, coming, I had a couple of hamstring injuries. Had a hamstring injury in our last bowl game at Southern Miss, so I had to get healthy, get ready for pro day. And then, you know, uh, of course, COVID nineteen happened, so Southern Miss's pro day got canceled. So you know, it's just a blessing that my game film was good enough that uh, the coach would want to take a shot. Uh, with me. So were you on that field Sunday and you're catching those balls and you, you find yourself on that huge stage? Uh, and that, that's got to be the dream of every kid that ever plays uh, football. What, what were you thinking, Michael? Uh, just, you know, just what you think I was thinking. Uh, man, I I was, you know, at loss for words, man. Um, when I touched the field, uh, whenever my first snap was in the game, man, I just got back to the sidelines, took a deep breath, and said, you know, I'm finally here. Right, and and it's not like you're catching balls from a nobody. I mean, you're catching <laughs> balls thrown to you by Phillip Rivers. What's it like to be on his team? Man, it is definitely um, a great thing uh, just to be able to learn from him, uh, especially coming into the league as a rookie. You kind of already have like a head start on the other competition coming in with the vet like Phillip Rivers. You know, he can – Put the offense in uh, better plays when he sees defenses that uh, he don't he doesn't like, and it's just a big help to the offense. Right, Luke, get in here with Michael Harris. D. Mike, good to talk to you, man. Thanks so much for coming on the Eagle Hour. I've uh, I've known about you uh, for for quite a while. We've got a mutual friend Drake Dorbeck, a guy. I think you went all the way back to to playing at St. Aloysius for the Flashes, but I think even before that and. Man, coming from from Vicksburg and and then Hattiesburg and now Indianapolis, you know how did those times in high school, you know, playing with some of your buddies growing up, how has that impacted you as a player now? 
Man, it just uh, helps me uh, talk. I still talk to some of my classmates, like uh, Drake and a couple other guys. Uh, it just helps me stay grounded, uh, remember where I came from, uh, stuff like that, man. It's just, you know, it humbles you. And uh, to see the city of Vicksburg kind of rally behind me is just, it's just a good feeling. So when you came to Southern Miss, uh, playing for, for Jay Hobson, and then, you know, last year they – Really wanted to, to get you in space a lot more. They put you back as, as a running back to really display that speed. Of course, everybody remembers the, uh, the screen pass you took to the house and then big game against North Texas. And how did you accept that role as a senior moving in the backfield? Well, um, of course, we had a couple injuries early in the year in the backfield. And, you know, Coach Hobson and a couple other coaches, um, asked me, you know, how I felt about moving back to the running back room. And, you know, I haven't, I hadn't been in the running back room since my St. Aloysius days. But, you know, I accepted the challenge. Um, I'm a team guy. I'm a team player. So, man, I didn't really care, man. However, I can help the team. And, you know, just to be able to give that spark to the Southern Miss offense last year really meant a lot to me. Now, DeMichael, you played for Coach Hobson. You had to be a little surprised when you heard he had resigned. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Uh, you know, kind of surprised. Uh, I was really surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, Coach Hobson, he's a great guy, great man, man of God. Gave me an opportunity. He uh, gave me an opportunity out of high school to go to Alcorn. But as you know, he uh, got the coaching job at USM, so I followed him here. Well, I followed him to USM, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for all the opportunities he gave me, and I'm still thankful, and I uh, still talk to Coach Hobson every now and then. You know, one thing I saw about you when I was uh, preparing for the show, uh, not only did you have a great college career, but – your senior year, you were one of 11 players in the entire conference to be named to the all-academic team with a 3.64 grade point average. You took the classroom as seriously as you did the playing field. And, uh, you know, I always I love commending athletes that do that. And uh, that was important to you, I gather. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, it's something my parents instilled in me from a young age, man. It was I mean, I could play ball, but if I didn't get my grades, I wasn't going to play ball. So it didn't matter how good of an athlete I was. If I wasn't an even an even better student, um, my parents weren't going to let me play. And it just, you know, helped me through life uh, prioritize what's important to me and what's not important to me. And, you know, to all the young athletes out there listening to this, uh, definitely take your academics seriously because football is not going to be there for the rest of your life, but your academics will. Right. You know, Luke Johnson, this young man, he ought to be a spokesman for the NFL. That's great advice right there. Makes me uh, makes me hopeful uh, that the league will, will continue to be examples. D-Mike, a couple more questions for me. We, we've been asking this question on the Eagle Hour this year. How strange was it for you to play in a football game, obviously as your first professional game, but with no fans in the stands? Does it affect the, the veterans at all? Does it affect the flow of the game at all? Um. Coming into the season, we were looking at it. It was going to be a pretty weird thing. Um, in training camp, we had two scrimmages, uh, and in those two scrimmages, we couldn't have anybody in the stands. So kind of got a feel for it uh, in Lucas Oil. But I don't think we really knew because when we played Chicago about three weeks ago, they're the first team that we actually played that couldn't have any fans in the stands. So it was pretty pretty awkward. But at the end of the day, it's just football. They had the PA system blowing out uh, crowd noise at a certain NFL uh, guideline decibel level. So I guess, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just playing football, whether there's fans, I mean, fans out there or not. So, 
Yeah, on, on this past Sunday, because you played the Bengals, and one of our co-hosts is, is a diehard Bengals fan. He's disappointed uh, year after year. But he was thankful that, that you played and got the win for the Colts. But So is there any point in the game where you look around and you say, okay, my quarterback's Phillip Rivers, the number one draft pick from last year, Joe Burrow's on the other side. Uh, I'm lining up with T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green's on the other side. You know, was it just Did you pinch yourself a few times? Oh well, the T.Y. the T.Y. and Philip Rivers thing, I kind of got out of my system during training camp. But uh, definitely week in and week out, I'm like, man, that's A.J. Green over there, that's Joe Burrow, man, that's Odell. <laughs> Last week it was Odell and Jarvis Landry. I mean, it's just it's, it's you know it's crazy that you grow up watching these guys, and now I'm on the same field playing against these guys. So I mean, it's just you know it's just it's just a blessing, just a blessing to be on this level. No question. And look, you, you made that comment about your parents pushing you through school. I know they, they're pretty happy and proud right now as well. Am I right? <laughs> yes, sir, they are. Well, good. It's as it's a, it's a great a ride, I would think, to Michael, for the parents as it is the, as it is the player in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm pretty sure my dad was more nervous than I was before the game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're outstanding. Man, we're really proud of you. We're really happy for you here in Hattiesburg. We're big, big fans of you, more so now than ever after uh, getting an opportunity to talk to you. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much, young man, for being on the show, and uh, best of luck for you and to you in the National Football League. All right, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right, DeMichael Harris. How outstanding. How outstanding is he, Luke? Rookie, Indianapolis Colts, last year all-conference for Southern Miss, speed kills, and we all knew that he was going to get a chance in the league simply because of how athletic he was. He's a versatile player. Uh, he could, you know, he can catch passes out of the backfield, going to be used, you know, as a wide receiver now, but unbelievable athleticism all the way from St. Aloysius High School in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So wherever you are today, the story of DeMichael Harris. You can make it, but but like you said, make those grades first. Pretty cool to have an NFL player on the Eagle Hour today. Outstanding young man. All right, when we come back, Nick Pierce, Liberty University, joins us. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the show. Outstanding interview with DeMichael Harris of the Indianapolis Colts. And if you weren't impressed with that kid, I, I don't know what it would take. But what an out, what just what a great interview and uh, what a great young man. We just hope he has nothing but success in the National Football League. This segment sponsored by our good buddies at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. That's, of course, where you'll find the best selection of apparel anywhere in the country for Southern Miss Athletics. You can shop online at campusbookmart.net, or you can uh, shop in their store in person now, uh, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, Hardy Street, right across from the Southern Miss campus. All right, huge challenge for the Golden Eagles this weekend, the first ever contest against the Liberty Flames. We are very happy to have the pregame host and sideline reporter of Liberty Football, Nick Pierce, with us on the Eagle Hour. Nick, thanks a lot for your time. 
Hey, thanks a lot for having me, fellas. And uh, I agree. I, I caught some of that DeMichael Harris interview. Very well-spoken, uh, talented young man. Good for him getting to live out his dream in the NFL. Absolutely. No question. It's always a joy when we can talk to these kids, and uh, just they're, they're all so impressive. Well, a huge challenge for the Golden Eagles this weekend. What do you say about the Liberty Flames? 5-0, and 13-5 since Hugh Freeze showed up in town. You guys have to be feeling pretty good about things right now. You know, I think the fan base, I think everyone around the program, and, and internally too, I mean, everyone feels really good right now. Winning does that, right? Um, but I think inside of those walls at the Liberty Football Center, coaching staff, players, it is now becoming more imperative than ever to have a laser focus one week to the next, take one week at a time. I know it's cliche, I know it's coach speak, but these guys cannot start to believe the hype of how good they are because that's when you get humbled. And everyone knows that. And you talk to the players, they seem to have that focus. They were excited. They were thrilled to win that game at Syracuse this past Saturday. But you know, you talk to Shedra Lewis playing running back about 170 yards in that game. You talk to Malik Willis, starting quarterback, all of them say the same thing. Hey, Sunday we threw it in the trash. Good, bad, and different. That game from Saturday's over. We throw it away. We're on to the next one. And then the next one, Southern Miss. And certainly you guys uh, may be starting to find yourselves a little bit uh, with that win against North Texas. Offense certainly very capable. Uh, I think this defense is going to embrace the challenge. Uh, everybody wants to be 5-0. and <laughs> But but when you're 5-0, and do you sense that the team feels increased pressure uh, from that 5-0 and record? Does, does that goose egg in the loss column get bigger every week? Or, or have they been able to block that out? You know, if, if they're feeling the pressure, they're not showing it. Um, when I go to the media availability, whether it's virtually or, you know, sometimes they do let me in the building because I am in the testing protocol. But it's yeah. obviously been very different this year with how we access uh, the players and the coaches. But, uh, you know, if, if they are feeling the pressure, they're not showing it. And I think some of that is that they're still able to kind of play that underdog role a little bit. Uh, even though they were technically favored by some folks uh, going up to Syracuse, granted with uh, Syracuse's problems that they've run into with injuries and whatnot this year. Um, but they are still able to kind of, you know, they're, they're still kind of the new kid on the block, right, in, in FBS football. I mean, 2018 was the first season. They did go to the bowl game last year. And like you said, 13-5 and five since Coach Freeze took over. I think the nation's starting to take notice. So it's going to be interesting to see how they start to, to, to play that once they are expected to, to have some success and win some ball games. But I think another thing that maybe helps is that the toughest part of the schedule is still to come in the back half. You know, after this game, you go up to, uh, well, you get a bye week, but then you got to go up to Virginia Tech, rank. You still got to play at NC State. You got to play at Coastal Carolina, who all of a sudden has turned into a very good football team that knocked off Louisiana of Lafayette, and now they're in the top 25. So, the, the toughest part of the schedule is still to come. So I think that actually makes it a little bit easier to uh, to lock in and focus. And, and don't believe your own hype. All right, Luke. Nick Pierce from Liberty University. Nick, thanks for joining us today. Just kind of talking both sides of this Liberty uh, team. Of course, offense, any Hugh Freeze coach team is going to have great offense. I, I think Malik Ellis presents a very unique uh, challenge for the Southern Miss defense because of what he's capable of with his legs and his arm. But when you you know when you think of a Hugh Freeze coach team, you, you think of offense. But, man, the defense for the Flames allowing less than 275 yards a game, only 
18 points. They've been really good on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Um, fourth in total defense, tenth in scoring defense. You just mentioned the numbers right there. Uh, I think that uh, there's been a little bit more maybe buy-in now in year two of the system under defensive coordinator Scott Simons. They've been able to also build some depth on the defensive line, even though they lost Jesse Lemonier, who's now on the roster with the L.A. Chargers. They've been able to maybe replace with, uh, with more bodies instead of just uh, one as, as talented as him. Not to say that they don't have talent. Certainly Trayshawn Clark has shown himself to be a force at defensive end an ASA college, uh, junior college transfer in Darrell Johnson, who wears the number 11 that Lemon Ye wore last year, has been a force, uh, one of the leaders in TFLs in the country in sacks. So they've been able to uh, really build some depth on the D-line. They'd like to have a little bit more at linebacker, although they've gotten some good play out of their linebackers so far. And Anthony Butler and Aaron Pierre this year. And then the secondary started to show up here and get some turnovers these last couple of weeks. So, I mean, you talk about holding guys to, to, you know, those kind of numbers from a defensive standpoint, then you're going to get turnovers on top of that. I mean, this is this has really been a, a, a I don't want to say a surprise, but it's certainly been a, a pleasant addition uh, to, like you said, a, a team that was already very, very good offensively. Hey, uh, Liberty this year, 2-0 and against Conference USA teams, 1-0 and against the ACC, 1-0 against the, the, the fun belt. That's what we call them here. Uh, on the Eagle Hour, uh, Southern Miss fans really familiar with Hugh Freeze. He's he's an alum. I think this is the first time uh, a head coach of the opposing team is a Southern Miss alum. What has the message been for him? Because as Bob just mentioned, thirteen wins, only five losses uh, in really a year and a half. What has kind of been the rallying cry for him and the message that players have bought in to have seen so much success? Well, I think the rallying cry since he got here has been tougher together. And uh, that's that's been kind of the team mantra, um, and they they've really bought into that. And really, it started with adversity last year when Coach Freeze wasn't able to coach the first game at the sideline against Syracuse. He had to do it from a hospital bed. And I think that the fact that he wanted to be there so bad, and the the players saw uh, how much he wanted to be in the fire with them, so to speak. I think that really helped. Um, galvanize this team a little bit and uh, uh, get them going and, and really bought into to what's going on here. And then certainly winning helps that. Uh, you know, winning a Cure Bowl last year, getting to, getting to a bowl game and winning it the first time you're eligible uh, certainly helps. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, they've, they've really just they've bought into, you know, what the coaching staff has, has brought, and that's uh, really just a sense of togetherness and family. And, uh, you know, especially now with COVID-19, you know, you talk about abnormalities. I mean, there's been so much, not to say that other teams haven't had to fight through it too, but, uh, you know, these, these guys are now, they're isolated within their own virtual bubble. Um, you know, they're, they're around each other pretty much nonstop 24-7, and that's it. You know, they're, they're not even really going to be with their families or anything like that. I mean, they, they have to kind of latch onto each other, and I think that's, you're starting to see that kind of show up here too, as as uh, you know, a good thing. Well, we have to ask you, Nick. Of course, with the success comes the rumors. Uh, Coach Freeze. I, I saw an article <laughs> out your way about SEC teams are interested in him. There's a lot of buzz in Mississippi about Hugh Freeze coming here. H- has the team and the coach been able to block that kind of talk out pretty effectively? 
Well, guys, the silly season sure does start earlier and earlier. Every <laughs> it year, doesn't though, yeah. I mean, it's kind of turning into Black Friday now. You know, it, it, it turned into uh, Thanksgiving Thursday. You know, how, how early can we open the doors to the stores? You know, how, how early can we start talking about the coaching changes? Right, but, right, right. And I, I get it. You know, I mean, that's, that's all part of the, the fun that fans and the media have. And, you know, it's trying to guess where this guy's going to go or wind up. But, and Coach Freeze was asked about it this week. Um, he knew he was going to be. And he put it in no uncertain terms. I mean, he has fond memories of being at Southern Miss and, and going to games there and all that. But, you know, he, he said, look, I want to beat Southern Miss. <laughs> yeah, we heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and put it out there again in no uncertain terms. So, you know, I, I think it's something that, honestly, I think the players are starting to kind of use it as a rallying cry, too. I mean, you know, you talk about the, what that rallying cry is. They want to go down there and they want to beat Southern Miss for him. Right. Um, so, I think that you're seeing this team, you know, kind of get tested in that way, I guess. You know, how are they going to handle, you know, this piece of news or this piece of adversity or whatever. And and so far, so good, obviously. Well, great. And uh, we, we look forward to a really great game. Also, I want to give you a belated uh, congratulations. Uh, we've urged, we really enjoyed listening to Liberty knock Mississippi State out of the NCAA basketball tournament uh, a year or so ago. So our thanks to you for that. And our thanks to you for uh, coming on the show, Nick. Uh, we look forward to a great game uh, Saturday. And best of luck to you and the great Liberty Flames the rest of the year. Thank you very much. And I actually got to make that trip out to San Jose and be part of it. So that, that was really special. So glad to, glad to do you guys a solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nick Pierce, everybody. Sideline reporter for the Liberty Flames. Also host a pregame show for what is one of the truly up-and-coming college football programs in the country Liberty and Southern Miss this weekend. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Good talking Liberty football with Nick Pierce, sideline reporter for the Liberty Flames, Southern Miss's opponent on Saturday. Thank you for listening to the Eagle Hour today. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. World Series going on right now. Last night, uh, the Dodgers defeated the Rays. Eight to three, game two tonight between Blake Snell of the Rays and Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers. Seven o'clock first pitcher, I think seven oh eight. You can go to Four Street Bar and Grill, and guess what? They got Wing Wednesday, which we missed this last week, and and I don't want you to miss it this week, especially with the World Series going on. You can get twenty four wings for only fifteen dollars at Four Street Bar and Grill. Tomorrow is Pork Chop Thursday, and then of course Bob Getty's the official sponsor Friday because it's Catfish Friday. Right. They've actually this weekend, and we'll remind you of this as the weekend gets closer. They're going to do a Saints game day with a brunch on Sunday, shrimp and grits. But big today, Wing Wednesday at Four Street Bar and Grill, twenty four wings for only fifteen bucks. Go watch uh, the World Series tonight. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Kelly Sanner joins us. Uh, we hadn't mentioned this yet. Probably uh, you already know it, but just to, to talk through it and what it means for this week. Yesterday around 4 o'clock, a release from the university. Southern Miss interim head coach Scott Scotty Walden has tested positive for COVID-19. He tested positive yesterday morning. His status remains unclear for this weekend's non-conference game at Liberty. Uh, Scotty said, quote, earlier this morning I tested positive for COVID-19. I am fine and have mild to no symptoms. I am quarantining back at home until it is safe to rejoin the team. I want to thank Golden Eagle Nation for all their support for our program during this difficult period. I want to thank our players and staff for continuing to be incredibly resilient during such an unstable time. Our team will work to will continue to work diligently in preparation for our game this Saturday against Liberty. Kelly Sander, uh, you know what this means for Southern Miss and possibly uh, with Tim Billings probably going to you know run things while Scotty is is quarantined. Southern Miss now with uh, an interim of an interim of a head coach. Three head coaches uh, are active, I should say, in in one season. Pretty wild for 2020. What does this mean for the Eagles with Scotty Walden sidelined? The fact that they were nearly on the road last week to, to go play UTEP and then had to pull the plug at the last minute, I think they're going to be in the same situation this, this week. Um, you know, because of privacy reasons, it, it can't be disclosed what particular players have, have tested positive. But it would not surprise me, again, if, uh, if a lot of the key positions for Southern Miss uh, get depleted because of uh, COVID-19 you know, protocols. So I, I say all that to say it might not matter that Coach Walden is out because the game might not even be played. I think it'll be a late decision again. You know, Having to get to Lynchburg, Virginia, they're going to have to make that call a little bit sooner rather than later. Um, but but if, if significant you know, positions for the Eagles you know, get depleted too badly because of, of COVID, you, know, you might be in a situation again where you're not going to have enough uh, enough scholarship players and the other point is and i know that everybody's kind of they're kind of sick of hearing about covid but one of the things that that really is so problematic about about this virus is it is so contagious i mean you're taking you know coach walden's got a face shield on he's got a mask on all these sorts of things but if one or two guys you know get it it can just spread like wildfire and i think that's kind of to a degree where the eagles find themselves they just want to play it's just a bad situation, and uh, it's. And you would think, though, and you brought up a good point. It, you would think that uh, the contact tracing is going to be determined in today and tomorrow. I, I I've been hearing, you know, just uh, through through the grapevine that you know there, there could possibly be some offensive players as a result of what you know in the same wave of what Scotty's got, and so. Uh, you've you've got to think they've got to de- make those determinations the next couple of days um, to to know for sure. And like you said, to your point, that they're going to have to to know probably a little earlier. Um, Bob, it's <laughs> it's just twenty twenty. I guess that's, that's terrible. The only way to say it. But I mean, it, you get pushed back, and if if this game were to get canceled, three weeks in a row, and then you know, call us the new rice, I guess. But it's it's so frustrating. Again, we go back to now Scotty Walden has COVID-19. 
we, was what we talked to Heath about yesterday. Where, where is the line drawn? Where does the decision made where you just say, you know, we're, we're sorry, but, you know, we've got to go forward because, again, the jury is still out on this whole, you know, head coaching deal. And, and old, you know, Old Dominion made that decision early on. You know, uh, they're the only team in the league that just said, look, we're out, you know, from the get-go, um, which, you know, probably made things a lot easier for them as far as, you know, making decisions about the future of the program when they didn't even have to worry about, you know, this season. And you talked about, you know, the Rice Owls not having played a game. Well, guess who the Eagles are scheduled to play next week? Yeah. Well, the Rice Owls, uh, you know. A couple things come to my mind, guys. Number one, I, I think now we know that, to, to get groups of, uh, of young men together, to practice together, to live together, to play football together. Some schools have been able to do it, but overall it's an impossible. It's an impossible situation to think that, that this virus is going to step aside because it's college football season. And, and, it's, and it's, been, it's been remarkable that the NFL has been able to get as many games as they have yeah, in yeah, you know, so far because, yeah. of, because of the same situations. And we've kind of touched on this, Kelly, but I just think you know we're we're getting now at the end of October. You know, recruiting. You got to you got to think about recruiting. You got to think about the future. Uh, Jeremy McLean gets in a tougher position each and every week, but you know you're getting to a point you're going to have to make a call here soon. You're going to have to start really seriously looking for another head coach, or you're going to have to you know make the decision to stick with the guy you got. Uh, even though he hasn't been able to put his team on the field much, and now he's sick, and and who knows how many games they'll play. But how would you like to be Jeremy McClain faced with this this doom, you know, th- this problem? The only the only worst thing is that it, it, this this does not bode well for for Scotty Walden as he tries to make a pitch to become the head coach because, like you said, he hasn't had a chance to really make his plea, so to speak, by by being able to put his team on the field. Yeah, so Jeremy McClain. As far as the decision on Walden goes, he has to make a decision with limited information, you know, so to speak. Right. Um, right. So that is that is going to be tough. You know, you're talking about Liberty this weekend. I, I can't help but think, you guys, with the way that Liberty has progressed in all of its athletic programs, including facilities, as Luke has so well noted the last couple of days, that, that they, you know, they're an independent in, in football. I, I can't imagine that some conference wouldn't jump all over Liberty. Well, you know, wanting liberty yeah, uh, to be a part of their conference is that a reason? Is that reasonable? Yeah. A conference smarter than Conference USA, which apparently turned them down when they tried to get into into Conference USA in the last few years. Am I right about that, Luke? The CUSA turned them down. Yeah, there was issues. You know, Jerry Falwell Jr. How outspoken he is politically on on several issues. No longer with Liberty University, we should say. But yeah, there was some issues with that, and and that was one of the things that. Uh, like to follow up with some people at Liberty, kind of like how they view their trajectory. You know, they, they might just be kind of sitting out there waiting for the next, uh, the, the best possible scenario for them. And, uh, I mean, Virginia, you know, traditionally is, is a good media market area. So uh, I, I think with their facilities, they, they're, they are on the way up definitely. They won't stagnate or come down. Uh, do you, Bob, I wanted to ask you this. Do you think we can get whatever Alabama did for Nick Saban, we can get that to Scotty Walden front, though? <laughs> Apparently they need to. I mean, he even outdid uh, President Trump. President Trump was positive, but three days later campaigning, Nick Saban, he, he seems like he was cured in 48 hours. But doesn't don't you, don't you think that that probably 
Oh, it's just I mean, a false negative. And yeah, I've yeah, read where 15, maybe 10, 15% of the time you take a test, the results could be, you know, a false uh, result. And clearly right. that's what happened with Nick Saban. I don't think for a minute Nick Saban. Of course it was a false negative. They were playing Georgia on Saturday. Yeah, but you got to believe. It had to be a false, a, false, a false positive, I should say. It had to be a false positive. There was no way in the world Nick Saban, he was going to come with like a hazmat suit that they wore in the movie E.T., Right. to be able to coach in that game. It was going to happen. But I can't believe that Nick Saban would have endangered anybody on his staff or, or, or team had he really you know, continued to be have positive. You, I don't think Have you seen the that. way that he has, quote, used a mask this year? No. No, how, how's that? It's non-existent. He's been wearing them on the sidelines. I mean, there well, there. Well, what I'm saying is he'll tear it off and, and scream and stuff. It was so. Yeah. It was so ironic. There was a a referee on the sideline. Saban got mad three days ago. He tested positive for COVID nineteen. The referee got within a four feet space of him and like put his mask on, like covered everything. You could only like see right. his eyes, and it was right. just the just the irony of that moment. Right. Well, I tell you, Kelly, here's what Scotty needs to do. He needs to do what uh, Joe Biden's doing. He's wearing double mask and. Uh, and laying in formaldehyde all week, waiting on the debate to be sure he doesn't get it. So maybe that's what Coach Walden ought to do. Well, when when you're in your own basement and they're sliding your meals under the under the door, why do you even need <laughs> why do you even need a mask at all with with triple mask and formaldehyde <laughs> at your side? That's uh, look and, the and next look, president I'm, of the I'm, United States. I'm, I'll be the last person <laughs> that will joke about COVID because I I had it bad. Right. Um, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but I mean, if, sometimes if we don't joke about it. We'll cry about it. Yeah. You know, because it's not going away. You're exactly right. All right, one more segment. We're not going away quite yet either. We hope you'll stick around. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. They're on board with us uh, for the Eagle Hour. Go check them out for your next automobile purchase, SUV, truck, all kinds of uh, great vehicles that Toyota makes. And Toyota of Hattiesburg can get you the car that you want and that you need. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also tell you uh, about, like we try to do every day, DBAT and D1 training. Going to have a staff member from uh, D1 and DBAT on later in the week to tell you about how you can get in the best shape of your life at D1 training and their excellent baseball and softball academy over at DBAT. That's on Hard Street in Hattiesburg. Can I can I just speak up and say that that I'm I'm working part time at DBAT and D1. Uh, what are you doing, Kelly? Well, I just I, I'm there as an example, you know. So they tell the kids, okay, if you don't work out, this is what happens. Yeah, this is what you're going to look like. <laughs> so why can't they just do a cardboard cutout and just set it by the door? I don't and, I don't know if it would fit in the door. They need double yeah, doors. Cost of cardboard's <laughs> high. That'd take a lot of cardboard. And I, I also uh, got a job off. I got a job offer from the city of Mobile. Yeah. 
Yeah, they want to give me 5000 bucks to push me through the tunnel to clean it. <laughs> yeah, self-deprecation. Don't wear that tinfoil suit you got that you wore to the, that night you were doing something downtown and, and dress up like the Tin Man, remember that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They, somebody thought I was a that I was a uh, airstream trailer, you know, or, <laughs> or a Sputnik satellite. Here all week, parked all week. Couple news and notes from golf. Southern Miss uh, basically uh, in the Lady Golf Team up in Old Waverly in a central Mississippi. It, it's the entire SEC in Southern Miss, so we're there with them. Yeah, Lady Eagles shave off uh, seven strokes yesterday. Julie Baker had three birdies on the day, and they finish up uh, today in West Point. Men's golf, on the other hand, finishes seventh overall in the first tee, Little Rock Invitational up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hunter Atkins uh, led the way over the final 18 holes, shot a 69. I'm jealous of, of his game. Brian Richards and Matt Loren also shot under par, and uh, the Golden Eagles finish seventh. They move up uh three spots in the final standing. So congratulations to men golf and looking for women's golf to, to finish well today. Uh, guys, uh, another big story coming out of college football. Anybody that remembers the uh, national championship last year, uh, Odell Beckham started pulling out money out of his pocket and started handing, some people thought it was fake money, or I guess LSU said it was fake money, but turns out it's real money. And uh, not only that, but due to some more self-reporting violations, LSU is docking itself eight football scholarships over a two-year period. They're going to reduce recruiting visits, re- uh, reduce evaluations, reduce communications. Uh, a two-year investigation uncovered booster payments to the father of a football player. And Odell Beckham has been banned from LSU facilities for uh, the last two years. So uh, when you cooperate with the NCAA, you don't get slapped on the wrist that hard. Oh, please. Who who at LSU thinks they would be put on probation by the NCAA? The school that better be nervous about what they've caught LSU doing, Kelly, Louisiana Monroe. And Yeah, because they'll be the ones that are punished. <laughs> But apparently, uh, Ed, Ed Orgeron, the head coach, said he was willing to be punished in this deal, too. He said he was willing to teach a class, uh, and they wanted him to teach English as a secondary language. I don't think that would go over very well. I kind of hey, like tomorrow. Coach O. I'm, a, I'm kind of a fan of Coach O. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good dude. Uh, tomorrow on the program, Donnie Tyndall, former basketball coach Donnie Tyndall, will be joining us. Man, what? We're just rocking and rolling, getting the varsity on these guests, you guys. What's up? Yes, and Kelly, I got news for you. We're but you are so special that we are sending a producer to your house tomorrow, and we are setting up some gear in your house where you can be with us for the full hour from your mansion in Canebrake. So you need to warn all the hired help now and the security people and what have you that uh, you know the kid will be showing up with some gear. I'll have to lower the drawbridge. Dude, please now. Okay, let, let the common folks in for just a couple hours, okay? That, but that's that's going to be great to get to talk to Coach Tyndall, and then we'll have our uh, Conference USA picks and we said some uh, uh, NFL picks on, on Friday. Man, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that the Eagles can get this game in um, on Saturday. Again, they just they, they need to play. Like I said, that's the only way that you get better is to – Get out there and get it done. Yes, and also I want to point out we want to get somebody from D1 training on here Friday. They were scheduled last Friday. We had some a kind of a glitch with the phone number, and uh, we didn't uh, get in touch with them. But we're trying to reach out to them now make sure that we get somebody 
platform because we just think that's a, such a great facility for young people in the area. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you. And I'm, I'm with you, Kelly. And I know Luke feels the same way. I'm just hoping against hope, but I, I wonder if they're going to play this weekend. And, and we, like I said, we may not know till the till the very last minute. And then, like I said, the Rice Owls scheduled to come in here next weekend for a Halloween contest against uh, the Eagles. And and that Halloween night when the Eagles are playing Rice, you know, as fate would have it, there will be a full moon. Uh, a blue moon, by the way. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, a blue moon. So we'll be looking forward to that, of course. All right, uh, back tomorrow at one o'clock. Donnie Tyndall on the show. Uh, Patrick McGee. Uh, we're looking forward to those conversations, and we hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.